Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. The left is absolutely terrified that radio talk show host Larry Elder could unseat California Governor Gavin Newsom in the recall election. That is why he should absolutely win. California has been failed by Democrats, failed by leftist policies, and it deserves a fresh start. I think they can get one with Larry Elder. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. The California recall is coming up. The recall election that nobody thought was going to happen, but but uh, Republicans and, and disaffected Democrats and a lot of people that are just deeply unsatisfied with every single thing that is going on in California right now made it happen. They got 1.5 million signatures to get this recall on the ballot. And let me tell you something. Gavin Newsom and Democrats in California and all of them, they are scared. I mean, I'm telling you guys, they are absolutely terrified. And you can tell that they're terrified. You can see it in, in the kinds of people that uh, Governor Newsom is, is uh, getting to advocate for him. You can just see it all over his face. He is terrified. And one of the reasons why they are so terrified is because they have a real Republican challenger in Larry Elder. Now, if you so a lot of conservatives know who Larry Elder is, he is very iconic in the conservative movement. Actually, I want to talk a little bit about my personal history with Larry Elder. So I did not know who Larry Elder was until maybe three and a half years ago. This is what um, the left does with black Republicans, particularly um, successful black Republicans like Larry Elder, particularly self-made men like Larry Elder, particularly people that were born and raised literally in South Central LA like Larry Elder, who has had this amazing media career and has become a self-made multimillionaire. Uh, for some reason, these um, these stories from black Republicans, particularly black male Republicans, are are, are kept from us by Democrats because they do not want black people to see this imagery. So I was first introduced to Larry Elder in 2018. I do some stuff with Turning Point USA, as you guys all know. And we had the first of what was the uh, Black Leadership Summit. So what it was was um, they had a lot of black conservative speakers. And, you know, they had some that weren't really all that great. But a great one was Larry Elder. And this was the first time that I had ever really heard of him or ever really um, listen to him speak. And he spoke so clearly and plainly about self-reliance and about bootstrapping and about his own personal journey. And uh, and he tells this very compelling story about how when he was growing up, his dad worked his fingers to the bone and he just thought that his dad just did not like him. And they had a real conversation about that. And then he, the dad said, you know, Larry, like I was I was working my fingers to the bone for you so so that you could have a good life. And it made him completely rethink um, everything that he thought about his father. I think that he had written a book about that. So when I was going to this Black Leadership Summit for the first time. This was before I had started um, um, working with Turning Point USA. They're one of my clients. And it blew my mind. It blew my mind seeing a Black Republican man really speaking to these issues. And I would say, honestly, to tell you the truth, we have to thank um, Larry Elder's sort of renaissance right now, particularly with the younger conservative generation. I think we have to, to thank Candace Owens for that. Like, she is the one who introduced Larry Elder to me. So this is somebody that 
has had a real life. You know, this is somebody that comes from um, South Central LA that does not come from wealth, that does not fit any of these stereotypes that the left likes to to push on Black Americans. And this is somebody that is kept hidden from Black people by Democrats for a very good reason. Now, now Democrats love to see, they love for you to see Black men that are um, entertainers. They love to see. They love you to see black men that are ball players. They love you to see black men that toe the leftist line. And I always think of LeBron James, Mister. I'm being hunted in America. Uh, LeBron James, who's worth like three hundred million dollars and has a full time security detail. Yeah, he's being hunted by cops. But there is um, a, a point to the types of people that are pushed by the left and the types of people that are that are kept hidden and Larry Elder is very much kept hidden. So this is somebody that came from South Central California and built an iconic career in talk radio. And I appeared in Larry Elder's documentary. So he had um, back, bankrolled, I believe. He backed a documentary called Uncle Tom, which I believe can be found on Amazon Prime at this point. So I was in the documentary. I shot for a couple of days on it. I ended up being in about 38 seconds of it. But it is actually all good. It's such an important documentary. Um, and I'm glad to have been a part of it in any capacity. Um, so I was interacting with Larry Elder a lot during the filming of that documentary. And, and, and what he does is he makes himself very accessible um, to younger people in the movement that are really trying to get some advice. I believe that um, he's the mentor to Brandon Tatum. He and I have had conversations either um, at the Black Leadership Summit or at Blexit events. Um, he's somebody that really has his two feet planted firmly on the ground, even though um, he has had so much success in his career. And this is the sort of plain, real talk that I think that black America needs, but I think that all of America needs. Um, and this is the kind of real talk and plain speak that we need from politicians. So I'm so glad that he has decided to hop into this race um, because the race needs him, because because America needs him, because America needs more politicians that speak freely and clearly. Now, of course, the left has tried to destroy him. Of course, um, the left will... The thing about it is, is that when you are running for office and you've built a career in talk radio, you've probably been saying a lot of stuff for the past 30 years. And and as somebody who who says stuff for a living, I, I never really hold it against some of these people who like they're digging into some radio show he did in 1987 where he said some off color comments about women or something like that, because that stuff really doesn't necessarily matter what we're talking about are issues. And my God, does California have issues? Um, it has an absolutely exploding homeless crisis. I believe that Governor Gavin Newsom wants to spend $3,000 per homeless person to put them in hotels as if that is going to solve the homeless crisis in California. Um, California is a place of bubbles, and it is a, it, it, in certain places, it is absolutely disgusting. I was just there a couple of weeks ago. Um, there are places, you know, where the Hollywood Walk of Fame is, Hollywood and Vine, it's disgusting. You can't go there. Um, there are insane homeless people on the streets. There are feces on the streets. You can't go to Echo Park, which I'm pretty sure at some point was a beautiful park, um, right outside of downtown LA. You can't go to Echo Park because there are homeless encampments, because there are people openly doing drugs. Um, so the quality of life is just bad. And, and speaking of downtown LA, my God, 
the first time I ever went to downtown Los Angeles, I was there as a speaker for um, one of Candace's Blexit events. She had one in downtown LA. And I'm thinking at the time, I'm thinking, wow, it's going to be so cool to live downtown, to be in downtown LA because I'd lived downtown in, in uh, New York. And downtown LA is one of the most disgusting places I've ever been in my life. It is revolting. There are homeless people everywhere. There's ungodly traffic. Um, there's trash everywhere. There's people doing drugs. It's really outrageous. And so some of the stuff that is going on with California and, and people act as if people are just creating it. Like this is not some right wing conspiracy. And the most curious thing to me about the push from Democrats against this recall effort and, and for Newsom and against the recall and all that other stuff is because it has been somehow branded um, as some right-wing conspiracy. This recall is about Republicans and it's about the right wing. And don't believe what you are seeing with your own two eyes. Don't believe the um, cesspool and the trash and the homeless people that you're seeing. And don't believe the brain drain that is leaving California because the taxes are so ungodly. Don't believe any of these things. This is a right wing conspiracy because um, they just, you know, these Republicans just want power and they hate Gavin Newsom. And the most shocking thing to me about this is that Democrat, vote, Democrat voters are, are buying this. They are really actually buying this hook, line, and sinker. And it's so funny because the left likes to talk a lot about Republicans being in a cult. And it's the cult of personality and so the, the cult of Trump and everything else. Um, only a cult would make you so hesitant to really say what you really feel and what you are seeing because of your um, alignment to some sort of political party or some sort of ideology. And even over on CNN, I, you know, I watch um, the lead with Jake Tapper sometimes on CNN. That's the closest to real news you'll ever get there. And even though that stuff, I mean, some of the stories that they've done about this recall I, could have been packaged by Gavin Newsom's PR team. But even they were talking to some Democrats who are completely fed up with Democrat-run leadership, completely fed up with Gavin Newsom, completely fed up with the things that they have been seeing with their own two eyes in California, and yet they still were not sure if they wanted to vote for the recall because they did not want to vote against Democrats. And so what you have is a group of people that are literally voting against their own best interests. This is the line that they try to use for uh, black Republicans. You're voting against your own best interests as if you would have any idea of what my best interests are. And so a lot of that stuff is going on here. But this is what I think about why the Democrats and why the left have truly, truly, truly come out so strongly against Larry Elder. He would be the first black governor of California. And he would be a Republican black governor of California. Oh, and the left hates that. And I'm going to tell you just how they have been attacking him based on his race after the break. So Larry Elder is running for governor in California. He has the left absolutely terrified because he is gaining a lot of traction in this race. He has done pretty much everything right when it comes to running a race. He got in at just the right time. He is getting a lot of attention, a lot of buzz. 
But when you are a Republican and you, when you are a Republican that is seeming successful, you are at the mercy of basically the left trying to destroy you. Oh, and try to destroy Larry Elder, the left has. And there have been some absolutely insane things um, that were said about him by the uh, mainstream media, particularly the LA Times. I want to give you a rundown uh, of some of the news articles and some of the headlines that, that have been written, written about him. And this is literally, this, all, this stuff all comes from a week, from one week. Larry Elder bashes the media, offers no solutions. Remind you of an ex-president? Larry Elder talks a lot. Too bad you can't believe anything he says. And then here comes Ray stuff. If Larry Elder is elected, life will get harder for black and Latino Californians. And this is, this one is my absolute favorite. This one is the wildest one. And we really need to break this down. This writer says that Larry Elder (laughs) is the black face of white supremacy. You've been warned. They're so smug. You've been warned. I tried to tell you that this black man that came from South Central LA that came from South Central LA that literally made himself is a self-made multimillionaire. This man is the black face of white supremacy. You've been warned. But this is the kind of stuff that they say. And this is very interesting, this whole black face of white supremacy thing. Um <laughs> because this is this is from this article, and I just want to share this with you. I've learned that it's often best to just ignore people like Elder, people who are as my dad used to say, skinfolk, but not necessarily kinfolk. So this is what, and, and this writer is, of course, a black liberal, because nobody, and, and what I love about the black liberals that are sort of like unleashed by the mainstream media when it comes time to uh, attack a black Republican is that they don't even realize how they are being used. And I get a lot of crap being a black conservative. There was one guy, um, I just posted about it on Twitter. He's just said, you are a token for the Republican Party and you are just being used. And, and the thing about it is that those sort of arguments just literally just removes me of all autonomy, right? And so this person, this this black liberal that's basically attacking um, Larry Elder saying, you know, skin folk, but not kin folk. So what this means is that you're not really black if you're a Republican and, and you don't really care about um, em- empowering black people and you don't care about bettering the lives of black Americans or anything like that. Um, you're not my skin folk because if you really cared about black people, Larry Elder, uh, <laughs> then you would just tell them the same lies that the Democrat Party tells us. And you would not you know, espouse things like personal responsibility. You would not tell a a group of young black Americans about your own rags to riches story, right? You would not say these things. If you were really skin folk, you would just toe um, the Democrat line, right? And so this is an argument that a lot of black liberals used. And this is, she also calls Larry Elder in this article, she calls him a Trump fanboy, dangerous, a troll. And because Larry Elder is, by the way, against critical race theory, then he just doesn't understand it, right? And even with the critical race theory thing, one, one thing that the left is really good at is sort of moving the goalposts. So any um, opposition to critical race theory, which is not African-American history, by the way, is now couched in the language of they don't want to talk about ra- uh, uh, America's history of racism at all. And that is 
so not the truth, but this is the stuff that they do. And it's a testament to, I guess, Larry Elder's strength as a candidate. It is a testament to how much he's really connecting with people that they are throwing the kitchen sink at this man, okay? Um, and literally throwing eggs at him. There's a clip floating around on Twitter where some deranged leftist in a gorilla mask, this is some white woman in a gorilla mask who's screaming, she's deranged. These people are lunatics. She's like, she throws a, an egg at Larry Elder's head, misses, which is actually pathetic. She was literally like two feet away from him and she missed. And then she gets into some altercation and all this other stuff. And then there was some black guy that was protesting. And he was just so angry at the idea that Larry Elder was running for governor against his beloved, I guess, you know, white daddy, uh, Gavin Newsom, that he was just, he was livid and he was cursing and he was spitting. He was like, well, even if Larry Elder wins, he can't do anything. Why is he even running? Why is he even doing this? Why is Larry Elder running against White Daddy Newsome? <laughs> you know, so this is actually, it's crazy, right? And so you know when someone is really moving the cultural needle. You know when they are really making an impact when the left starts pulling out the big guns, right? So now they have spent $36 million dollars. On, you know, the Democrats, they have spent it on this sort of anti-recall, prop. we'll just call it propaganda, uh, mailers, ads, all of this other stuff. Um, and, you know, it, it's working. They, I think they've closed the enthusiasm gap. I can advocate for Larry Elder to be governor of California to my heart's content. And I will continue to, to advocate for it. Um, do I think that it will happen? Unfortunately not. Um, that's my my honest thought. My honest thought is that it will not happen, number one, because California is a one-party state. I do not believe that that will be a free and fair election. I just do not believe elections that come out of California. I just do not believe them. Remember, just a few weeks back, um, there was this news story that got memory hold and buried about this person that was found passed out in some car with thousands of recall ballots, um, you know, in, in the trunk and everything like that. So th they're going to steal this election, it's a one-party state. They're going to steal it. But the most interesting thing about this is that, and, and you know what? I'm just saying this to be real. Um, I hope to God Larry pulls it off. I hope to God the um, the recall works. And I, and, I, and I hope that they take Gavin Newsom out of there. Like I said, I do not believe it's going to happen. California and New York um, are two of the most, they're one-party states, and they run the most corrupt elections that you will see in this country. So will this recall happen? Probably not. Uh, I do not think that it will, even though I do think that Larry Elder should win. But it never ceases to amaze me when we come back to all of the black people that are attacking Larry Elder. And all of the black people that just hate him, hate him, hate his guts. Because he's not a Democrat. It never ceases to amaze me. Sometimes it really, really does shock me how successful Democrats have been at getting black people to hate black Republicans. It's pathological. And yet here is Larry Elder, 69 years old, a, a self-made multimillionaire many times over out there taking the hits for Republicans of all colors, black white, Latino, Asian, whatever, he is taking the hits because, and he said this in an interview, 
the reason that people do not, the reason that good people don't run for politics is because they are swayed by the politics of personal destruction. And this is tenfold if you're running for anything as a Republican and you're making any kind of cultural impact, they will try to destroy you. I do not think that they will destroy Larry Elder. I do think that he is a worthy candidate. I hope that this recall comes through, and I hope that Larry Elder is elected. But if this does not happen, like I said, this is a one-party state. I think they steal elections. Um, I think that they will steal elections forever. This is what happens in one-party state. You see, when states are ruled by one party from top down for decades, as California has been, they become one-party state. It is corrupt. It is not legitimate. I don't believe these elections are. And if, through the grace of God, Larry Elder actually does come through and actually pull this off, it is because he has managed, and the recall has managed, to get more votes than the left could steal. So I hope it happens. And if you're in California... Get out to the ballots and vote yes on the recall and vote yes for Larry Elder. I think he is a good man. I think that he has what it takes. And my God, honestly, to be completely honest, California, we've got homelessness. We've got a crippling debt. We've got a brain drain. We've got people leaving the state Because it is so expensive and there are so many taxes. What on earth does California have to lose? Speaking of California, Caitlyn Jenner is still on her quixotic quest to become governor of California and completely bombed a big CNN interview. I'll break it down up next. Let me be very clear about how I feel about Caitlyn Jenner. When Caitlyn Jenner first announced that she was running for governor of California, it excited me. It excited me as a gay conservative, as somebody that's in the, quote, LGBT community, though I'm not an alphabet super. You guys know I'm not a crazy leftist alphabet super. But it excited me, and this is why. There are very, very few prominent gay or LGBT-identified conservatives and Republicans that have any sort of national visibility, national clout. And literally, like you are listening to one of them, I can name 10 of them. There's probably 10 that have really, that have a national platform that people can really pay attention to. Caitlyn Jenner is one of them. Um, And I don't have to go through Caitlyn Jenner's history. She's the most famous transgender person in the world. We all know who Caitlyn Jenner is. And so there's an opportunity here for Caitlyn Jenner to really stand up and really be strong and say, I'm a transgender person. I'm also a conservative. This is what I believe. There was this real opportunity for Caitlyn Jenner to really stand strong on the issues and to stand up and to say, this is who I am. This is what I believe. And I will not back down. And Caitlyn Jenner has failed at every turn when it comes to this. She has just utterly failed. Every time, every time she's given an opportunity, she's failed. When she first announced, there was the Hannity interview. And that wasn't so bad. Hannity was just lobbing softballs at her the whole time. Got it. She did great. Fine. But what really turned the tide for me, she did an interview with Bill Himmler and Dana Perino over on Fox News Newsroom. Now, 
they're obviously on Fox News, obviously conservative-leaning, conservative-friendly. I don't know these people's politics, but Dana Perino worked for the Bush administration. So they're obviously conservative. But that doesn't mean that they don't ask tough questions of Republican candidates, that they don't ask for specifics, which is what they need to do you know, as journalists on, uh, on Fox News. And they asked Caitlyn Jenner questions that were not softballs, and Caitlyn Jenner completely waffled. On the it just was it was word soup. I did not take it seriously, and I remember watching that, um, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is just not serious. This is just not a serious person. It's not a serious candidacy." And then Caitlyn Jenner flies off to Australia uh, for two weeks in the middle of a campaign to do Celebrity Big Brother because celebrity is what is important to Caitlyn Jenner. And then there's a political article, a political article. That basically says that there's been a camera crew following her around. They're trying to get footage. They're trying to shop some reality show, um, some documentary, some whatever that apparently nobody's interested in. Because Caitlyn Jenner has managed to alienate both Republicans and the left. Like that is that there that is a talent. There are some skills. Now, there are some Republicans that hate Caitlyn Jenner because Caitlyn Jenner is transgender. And every time I do something on Caitlyn Jenner, whether it's on my Facebook page or if it's on Instagram or if it's on Twitter or whatever, there is a litany of comments that are just like, I will never call Caitlyn Caitlyn. That's Bruce. That's a man. He's a man. All this other stuff. So there is a small minority of conservatives that hate Caitlyn Jenner for being transgender. And I don't I, the trans, I do not care about Caitlyn Jenner's transgender identity. I, I literally do not care. What I wished is that Caitlyn Jenner, as transgender, would stand up for the rights of women to their own spaces. Because even when she does that and she's called on it, she waffles. So every time there is a moment to take a real stand on a real issue, she backtracks and tries to have it both ways. Case in point, there's a big CNN interview that was done. You know, CNN is giving a lot, they're giving a lot of attention, well, not a lot of attention, but they're giving attention to some of the people that are running against Gavin Newsom specifically to try to make them look stupid. And Caitlin makes it easy. Okay. Caitlin makes it easy to, to make it look stupid. And so I, I want you to listen to this clip. So this is Caitlin Jenner talking on CNN. And this, this clip went totally viral because she was backed into a corner on this whole abortion issue. And she just gave the weirdest non-answer I have ever seen in my life. It's just like she's kind of pro-choice, but she's kind of not. It's very weird. Um, I, I just I listen to this clip. I am for a women's right to choose. I am also for a state uh, having the ability to make their own laws. Um, and so I support Texas in that decision. That's their decision. Um, I'm okay with that. But as far as being a woman's right to choose, uh, I don't see any changes in our laws in California in the future. But you're fine with the Texas law, even though you say that you support abortion I, rights. You I, are I, fine I, with a law that essentially outlaws abortion. I think they have the right in their state to do what they want to do. Now, do I agree with the decision or not? No, to be honest with you, I actually probably do not agree with the decision, but I agree with they have the right to make their own decision. 
So you listen to that word soup, and when you listen to that stuff, you realize that Caitlyn Jenner believes in nothing, will not advocate for anything, will not fight for anything. Um, I'm pro-choice, but Texas had the right to make that law, but I don't agree with the decision, but they have the right to make the law. It just doesn't make any sense. And so this is why Caitlyn Jenner alienates conservatives. This is why Caitlyn Jenner will never be um, governor of California. California needs a lot of help. California is a hot mess. It just does. But what California does not need is a hot mess candidate running for governor and taking votes away from people that could actually win and actually do something good. And by the way, actually stand for something like Larry Elder. So my last thought on the Caitlyn Jenner situation, because I I do realize that um, probably after this, Uh, she will not run for office again. She will probably just try to do another reality show. She'll probably try to run back to the left. I I just don't know. And the thing about people like Caitlyn Jenner is that, and this is when the ones that come from this Hollywood world, they come from the world of Hollywood and celebrity and all that stuff. Remember, they loved Caitlyn Jenner. They loved Caitlyn Jenner. Oh my God, loved her. Because they thought that she could be used to push their agenda. She misses that. Caitlyn Jenner misses being invited to the parties, missing misses all of the Democrats, you know, kissing her, kissing her ass and everything like that. Caitlyn misses that. So she's going to say whatever because she wants the left to love her. And this is the thing. And this to me, this is what separates somebody who really is firm in what they believe and somebody who's wishy-washy is that you have to understand when you're a conservative, when you're a Republican, The left hating you is a badge of honor. That means that you actually stand up for something. That means that you actually believe what you're saying and that you will not back down from it. So Caitlyn Jenner is a hot mess. Even though California needs a lot of help, it does not need Caitlyn Jenner. I think this is the last you will see from her in American politics. And I hope that California makes the right decision, recalls Gavin Newsom, and and elects Larry Elder as their next governor. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. And to hear more of my episodes and get my weekly newsletter, go to Gingrich360.com slash Rob. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RobSmithOnline. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers, and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich360 Network.